Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to KSI's new favorite podcast in soccer we trust. I'm your host today, Hollywood Heath Pierce, and I'm joined by Charlie, Chuck Wagon Davies, and Jimmy Jim, James P. Cream Cheese, Conrad Inyo Conrad will be joining us in a little bit, but for now, we're going to get after it. Charlie Davies and I, we've got a lot to cover in this preview, but first, Charlie Davies, how are we feeling a couple days after that first U.S. match, knowing that uh, a point is, is fair, but now looking at some of the upsets, seeing how some of the tournament is playing out, are you more nervous or excited in the U.S.'s ability to, to get something out of this game against England? I'm excited. Uh, what would we be doing in this game if we weren't hopeful and optimistic? Uh, there, We've seen this group, I think, against better competition, uh, raise their level of play. And, and they're going to need to raise their level of play considerably. And I always look back to the, the three matches against Mexico who – are typically seen as the best um, uh, opponent in CONCACAF. And so at, at Azteca Stadium, they were resilient. They had a good um, strategy. The tactics were on point. They just didn't execute in front of goal when they had that one opportunity. I, I look at Jordan Pifok in, in that one instance. But uh, it, in terms of England, they have all the pressure. All the hype is on them. They won their first game 6-2. If we are defensively sound and then we operate in the transition game and in the counterattack game and, and have better set-piece delivery, I, give, I really give ourselves an opportunity to, to make something happen. And, and, I mean, I guess look, thinking about that in terms of optimism, right? And I think for me, looking back on the Walker-Zimmerman moment, a completely unacceptable play, but – if you look across the board, biggest teams, smallest teams, they're all capable of making that fight fatal error, right, regardless of the size. But you're seeing teams now after that, uh, after that first game starting to look at the tournament differently. We're going into this now knowing we need to get something probably to feel a little bit safe out of England. You reference the Mexico games. You reference some of that. And again, most people will look at that as like some sort of glorious victory, which it was in a lot of ways. But the way in which we won those games was a collective fight. You know, I've seen some teams now, Japan – 
being an example of that, Saudi Arabia being an example of that, that collective fight and what that can do to wear teams down and that humility that they play with against somebody like, say, in England that has all the pressure on them. Do you think that's sort of the approach or do you think there's going to be a little bit more of like how we implement our style against them? I, I think it's a little bit of both. And uh, wouldn't you agree that we, every everyone was a little too harsh on the U.S. when they played Japan and Saudi Arabia? Maybe we didn't give them the necessary credit and uh, do that they – they Do you were, feel better uh, now that you look at Saudi Arabia, you look at you look at Japan, mm-hmm. uh, you, you look at those results, you see the way in which they, they played. They were prepping in a lot of ways for this World Cup. Uh, we obviously helped in that preparation, but it was yes. very, that was probably the most doom and gloom it had been for a long time, right? Yeah, and, but, but I'm glad that we went through it because we are better for it. There's no doubt we are better for it because Tim Ream comes into the team. If Aaron Long does well in that game, and, and maybe Japan not so much does well, but doesn't have a, a rough game building out of the back and his decision making and slow to react. Then he's not. Then he's playing with Walker Zimmerman. Tim Ream's on the in, in the team, and Tim Ream showed why he should be playing after that that first half uh, against Wales. I, I thought he was fantastic, absolutely spot on in every aspect of the game, reading the game, taking the right angles, his delivery. So he was the clearly for me, the better, uh, the best defender that we had uh, uh, along the back line. But um, yeah, uh, in watching how we played against Saudi Arabia and Japan and knowing that they're actually very good opponents and and underestimated opponents. And we, we see Argentina and Germany both uh, taking L's against them. I mean, they're. Out, they're I mean, to be fair, Charlie, they're both out there uh, claiming national holidays for their wins. But like, I know they, they are. They're good. They're very good teams. Yeah, they're, they are good. good. Teams. Let's not yeah. be. Yeah, they're good. Um, Saudi Arabia are they that good to be beaten? Argent the likes of Argentina and Brazil and clubs of that that stature probably not. But they worked for it, and I think that's something the U.S. can watch. They can watch that match and say, "Look, if we work harder." than England. Just take out the, the talent, work harder than them, compete. And we're, we all, we're all working together as a unit. We defend together, we attack together and, and, and just all doing all the little things right. We, we can beat England. Not only yeah. get a, a draw, we can beat England. We, ha- we have players who, can, who are capable to score goals, who create that one moment. And so, yes, England are the favorites. We're expected to get absolutely smacked. That's what people yeah. think. Whether you're an English supporter or, or an American supporter, a lot of people think we're losing this game. I like yeah. that. I like that. That's the feeling going into it. The underdog, well, we can't do it. We always, we've always responded. I mean, as a country. that's sort of, sort of what the, you. I know that you and I have both played U.S. Mexico matches, but mm-hmm. it always feels still like you come in as the underdog against Mexico, right? Because no matter where you play, you're playing away from home. They've got, uh, they've got the really the pressure on them. They've got historically there. I mean, we've got the doceros and things like that, but Mexico, at least in my opinion, has always been this, 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 this favorite when you come into these games because of a lot of those circumstances, but that's usually what we tap into, right? That's what you tap into to get those results mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. The U S was outplayed by Mexico every time that they've played them, probably the last you know few times that they've played the five times they played Mexico, probably outplayed in terms of aesthetics, in terms of ball possession, in terms of where the ball is being controlled, but are grinding out results in, a, in another way, set pieces, which I think we're relatively ineffective at. And I want to get your take on who should be taking the set pieces because I don't think Christian Pulisic um, has ever been a fantastic set piece taker. I, I think 
He's he he doesn't have that pace on his balls. He doesn't have that consistency in in terms of his balls. So I'm just curious your thoughts on on set well, piece can taker. We, can can we yeah. get to my projected starting eleven then? Okay, actually let's 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 take a step back. We'll start with your lineup, right? And I want your mm-hmm. projected. I don't want or or at least clarify for me. Are you are you giving me your lineup that you want to I'm, see or the I'm, one that I'm, you think Greg is going to roll out? I'm doing both. I'm I'm okay. implementing both. And and what I think I'm I'm. I'm wishing and, and hoping that Greg does the same thing. Um, so I, I am keeping the same 4-3-3, but instead of the two midfielders in front of Tyler Adams, I think we go back to two double pivot defensive minded midfielders. And because Weston McKinney seemed a, a bit rusty, um, didn't seem 100% to me, still like catching up at first watching that game, I thought, Oh, he, he's he's grabbing his quad and he's clearly you know favoring it. I watched it over again and I don't I don't think Wes McKinney was so much favoring the quad as just getting back into the rhythm of of a of an intense game that tempo that is needed. And I think defensively he's so important, you know, especially with attacking and defensive set pieces, but breaking up plays. But he just lacked the quality to keep the ball and make the right pass. Given that, yeah, I would I would give him a rest. Yeah, And the reason why I say that, too, is looking into the future. One, you give them a rest. Two, Iran were, were very poor on set pieces and crosses right. and dealing with so, midfielders making late runs. So he's off. So, mm-hmm. Yunus Musa and Tyler Adams sitting next to each other with okay. Brennan Aronson coming in and playing okay. in front of them. That would be my midfield. Yeah, I was about to I was about to jump in and, 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 and bite your head off because I was thinking you were going to go with the cost of there. And I was like, OK, I get it. From a defensive no, standpoint, gee. but I was like, in transition, if you watch the way England was collapsing hard on Iran, right? They didn't let them breathe. They didn't let them right. get out of tight spaces. And I was like, okay, cool. If we're defending for long periods, no. two holding midfielders, but we need people that can also break that line of pressure because the simple in back and out the other side is so effective for the U.S. national team, especially when you have a Pulisic on the wing and you have a team away on the other wing. That allows you to, again, change the point of attack. And if we can't get those balls and get the change, change that point of attack, we're in big trouble. So I like, I like your three, Charlie. I like it. Thank it you. you've been paying attention, man. Well, this is my thing. My thinking is because England are so aggressive and, and they, they come to suffocate you and mm-hmm. they, they attack with six, seven players at times where they'll just sit with Declan Rice will protect the middle and then their two center backs, Stones and, and McGuire. And then everyone else is bombing forward. In some, in some cases, the weak side um, outside back will tuck in. So you're, they're defending with three and Declan Rice. Mm-hmm. But given that, you need players who can dribble out of pressure to create that transition moment. So for me, Yunus Musa playing that low six, he has the ability to drive with the ball, dribble past two, one, two players, and then create that opportunity for Christian Pulisic, for Timo Weah. Right. Um, in Gio Reyna. So my front three, Pulisic, Weah playing the nine. Mm. I think he's demonstrated enough because at one point you're watching these games as a coach, you, you think about it, but mm, you, don't, you don't pull the trigger. Now you say, I got to get my best players on the pitch. Okay. Way has got to play the nine. He makes great intelligent runs. One can stretch his opponents with his pace. <clears throat> There's not another center, center forward in this pool who can do that. So in terms of England wants to play that risky 1v1 defending, which they do, I'll take, I'll take my chances with T, uh, Timo Weah 
playing off the shoulder of Maguire or Stones, and you're just saying a foot race, go. I'll, I'll take that yeah. all day. On top of that, you have him being able to check, and if they don't drop, he has the ability to, to play on the, on the half turn so he can go forward. And then Gio Reyna is great in those instances too of coming inside and, and providing another person on the ball. With his movement, when Gio Reyna mm-hmm. starts on the right, he comes inside. Bern Aronson is a 10. We know he loves to make those runs into the right channel. We know that. So that interchanging, I think, will help us tremendously. So that's my starting 11. I hope that Greg also <laughs> – makes those changes. I, I'm not sure. It, it could go either way because you could see – I could see Yedlin coming in as a right back to be more defensive. But this is where I'd say – this is. But I, I, but, but by the way, can I, can I say something real quick? I don't yeah. know when Yedlin became our defensive guy. Yedlin for a decade was our guy who had speed, could go forward and attack. And now all of a sudden he's become our safe guy. And in qualifying, has co- cost us defensively, right? And mm-hmm. if you go back and watch – even when you go back and watch the Zimmerman thing – there's a lot of guys that fell asleep during those types of moments that we consider our, our defensive guys. So I feel like that's become a thing and I don't necessarily now versus best. Yeah. Okay. I see the comparison as somebody more defensive or, or more honest defensively. Um, but I, are, are you not worried at all about the geo situation? The fact that he's saying he's hundred percent fit. Greg, Greg is saying there's a little bit of a knock there saying situationally, he didn't make sense for a game. I mean, this is one of the best attackers the U S has ever had, even at his age, not being circumstantially circumstantially the right guy to go into our first game? Do you think it's a little bit of protecting him from himself or do you think there's something more there? I'm also going to go on on a positive note here and say, I think he's eager to play. He's motivated. He's hungry to play. He thinks he's ready to go. He can play nine minutes. And Greg being a man manager in in this case saying, he's not, he's not ready. I'm uh, Let me be the one to hold him back. And, yeah. and Gio saying, hey, no, I'm 100% fit. I'm ready to go. So that's the, the give and take. A, a, young, a young, hungry player who's determined to come into his first World Cup and make a difference. Well, think about it also. Saying, like, this is a World Cup, right? Imagine how right. you feel. And you feel. Yeah, I'd be like, saying the same thing. I'd but be, also I'd, imagine how many times that Gio Reyna has said he's fully fit. And maybe, maybe wasn't. Right. Maybe needed that extra. They always say, like, you know how it is, like, get back to normal and then take one more day or one more week Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, because you could see that. I mean, imagine that dream passing you by or knowing that feeling. We've seen a lot of guys come uh, be on the on the bench or not play that think like I can make a big impact now. And so it feels like there's a little bit of continued tension there that hopefully gets sorted with getting him some minutes in this game. Right. Yes, because I I think we all know Gio Reyna is a special player. There's no way in my mind he's Greg Berhalter is going to be selecting Jordan Morris over Gio Reyna to come into the game and make an impact. There's no way unless he's not 100% fit, unless he wanted to buy him more time to play in this England game to be more fit because of whatever that tactical game plan is. Yeah. I mean, do you think – I mean, part of me thinks that – you sort of got to have a talk with Gio though and get on the same page, especially publicly, right? If one's going unfit, the other one's maybe speculating otherwise or using other things. I just feel like that's the tension that, okay, we as fans, we can speculate all day long. We don't know what it's like inside the locker room or what conversations maybe are being had. And, and it's also, uh, let's recognize that Gio Reyna is, is still a kid. He's still so young um, that, that he's figuring it out as well. So with this lineup, where are you sitting your blocks? Are you, are you pressing high when, when the moments are there? Or are, you, are you sitting deeper and trying to transition? Because I felt like in, in the last game, 
especially in the second half, we got our goal and it almost felt like we didn't know what to do. Like we didn't expect to be up a goal because we don't score a lot of goals, right? So when we were up, we were almost like, it was almost like we were afraid that, to take those that's chances. Your mon- that's your inner monologue talking. Uh, I don't know yeah, about but, if- like, <laughs> I, I, Listen, I, listen, I, I, okay, I'm not saying they didn't expect to, to I, they didn't expect to be there. But what I am saying is that like, it's at least, it's at least seemed like they almost didn't want to take any more risks for the, for a second goal for the, for the thought of being exposed and it allowed them to settle in and sit back further and further. Yes. I think in this game, you were going to be forced to have to defend in large parts of this match. No doubt. Just because I'm looking at John Stones, who Harry Maguire typically defers to when building out of the back. John Stones does that, you know, out of Manchester city, very confident, sometimes too confident and too lackadaisical because you, John Stones had a couple of, of poor passes where I'm thinking, man, Brendan Aronson in this situation, Christian Pulisic, this is where they could pounce and, and, and cause right. some problems where Iran didn't have um, enough players who, who were capable to do that on the ball. But Declan Rice will, will defend very, very solid. I mean, one of the most sought after uh, defensive midfielders in the world. But Jude Bellingham, Mount, Saka, Sterling, uh, all attack. They they all go forward. And Shaw and Trippier, they, they they both ultimately get to the end line and whip in balls. Do you now, think they Harry play with Kane, the same team, though, two games in a row? Or do you think they bring in a Rashford? Do you think they bring in a Foden? I mean, they, they've got some depth that they haven't even tapped into in terms of their starting lineup. That, like, if you're Greg Berhalter or you're the players, you're the staff, I mean, what are you watching on video to prepare for? I mean, what rumors are you trying to speculate on trying to prepare your team? Because you and I know we played against we played against the Spains, we played against the Brazils, we played against the Argentinas, we played against the Mexicos. You got to come in with the real game plan, uh, and maybe not so much the Mexicos. That's a little bit more of a disciplined game plan. But against these teams where you might not have the ball, there is a true game plan you got to be able to stick to that that tells you like where are you going to find your moments, where are you at least trying to force weaknesses or find some holes in their game. I mean, do you think they're going to roll out the same 11, um, you know, considering that they probably expect us to make a few changes as well? Yeah, I do think they'll roll out the same 11 because they made substitutions pretty early. I mean, Foden, Rashford, Grealish, um, Eric Dyer, they all came in relatively early. So these guys got some rest. Even Harry Kane was able to come off. Now, if I'm Harry Kane, I'm trying to get the golden boot. You're not taking me off. I got to I got to get going. I got to start scoring. So, yes, Jimmy, let's go. What's up? What's up, everybody? How's it going? Hey, Jimmy, just to give you a quick heads up. Thanks for joining yeah, us, shoot. first of all. Um, yeah. Uh, Charlie, Charlie's given us – oh, it's beautiful. I knew you were getting paid well. I didn't know you were getting paid well enough to have a light show uh, for each one of our shows. But uh, – uh, let me let me let me ask you this, Jimmy. Check this uh, lineup out from Charlie Davies. Same back four, okay. back back five. Okay, and then he's got okay. Eunice Musa, Tyler Adams as like a double pivot, a little bit deeper for Eunice Musa on this one. Brendan Aronson in front of him, uh, Timo Weah at the nine, Christian Pulisic left wing, and then at right wing he's got um, Gio uh, Reyna. I like it. I think it's uh, it's not sitting back and waiting for things to happen, not absorbing too much, but still having guys that are ready to work and get after it. Most specifically, Brendan Aronson, because if Weston McKinney isn't 100%, I don't know if you risk him in this one. If, if you do think you're going to rely on him in the Iran game, which obviously could prove to be the one we need to win and have to win to get to the knockout rounds, 
I don't know if I'd want to risk him if he can't go and cover the ground that we're going to need him to. I really like Brendan Aronson in that space. I think it's going to force a Declan Rice or Jude Bellingham to have to be a little bit more thoughtful about where he is and have to track him a little bit. Whereas I think Weston will, I mean, I know that he loves and makes great late runs, but I think Brendan Aronson would probably give us a little bit more with regard to that. So well, I like the that. pressing, I like by the way. Track. I like I like Brendan Aronson pressing from that spot too, eliminating that six or even pushing out to eliminate a center back. Because Brendan Aronson, I think, is always the catalyst in the way that we press because he is, the trigger is he's, he's the best at that. Um, and I think that could eliminate some of that playing through that we've perhaps suffered from where, you know, we arrive late, second player arrives late, third player arrives late, and now we find ourselves having to sprint 40 yards to put out a fire. I, I think the big question for me is almost not, not necessarily on us. I, I do think, and I like that lineup, obviously. You know, everybody knows that listens that I want Timo Weah in the number nine. I'd love to see it. And why not this game? He's in full confidence right now. But is England going to play four in the back? And they looked pretty good doing that against Iran. Or are they going to go back to what Gareth Southgate likes to do or feels more comfortable doing when they're why, playing? Why would he switch now? I, just because that's what he traditionally does. And that's how he's traditionally played in big tournaments up until this point. Against Iran, they knew they were going to run Iran or at least be in a better position to do that so they could add a, an extra attacking player. And I'm curious to see if he's going to roll with a back four or if he's going to go to a back three and have wing backs. That's, that's the big question for me. And, and I'm sure that's something that Greg Berhalter I mean, I know Walker's Walker training again. I know yeah. Walker's training again, but Harry Maguire is also uh, just on the fence in terms of his his recovery for this match, knowing that he took a little bit of a knock last game, as well as Harry Kane, who Jordan Pickford just came out and said that that he was in training and he's good again. But at the same time, you know, good and great in terms of how you're going to need him throughout the tournament. Is it worth risking him against the U.S.? I don't know. Chuck, what do you think? I, I think if you're England, you're, you're not risking uh, – anyone if they're not 100%. Harry Kane I had the scans. I guess it was positive news. Do, do Does England think they could probably beat us without Harry Kane? I think they do think that. So it's one of those things where, yeah, we're, we're looking at the, the future of this tournament and the future of, of Harry Kane and, and his involvement. So if he if there's any doubt or soreness, he's not playing in this game. I wouldn't play him if, I, if I'm Gareth. Okay, what are you hearing on the ground there, Jimmy? In Qatar, as far as, you know, I, I think that first half, we, we were all super proud and happy with this U.S. team. They looked dominant, controlling the, the game. Mm-hmm. And then Wales adjust, made adjustments. We did not. If anything, we, we took our foot off the gas. So are you hearing yeah, that there's going to be certain changes? Are people mm-hmm. still optimistic and positive? Yeah, no, I hear in terms of inside the team, you know, everybody's disappointed, naturally. You have a one-goal lead in a World Cup. You're close 10 minutes away from getting three points, which obviously what the fun fact is that when this tournament format switched to 32 teams in 1998, if you win your first group game, it's an 84% chance of getting to the knockout rounds. We were so close to that. And so it's a little bit disappointing. Now, if you tie your first game, it drops down to about 50% to get through. So we were, you know, the guys are disappointed, but I heard that the spirits are still pretty high, that there's still a lot to be positive about. And when you look at that second half, and I know it's been talked about by a lot of pundits back home, that we just missed a lot of passes. You know, we had opportunities when Wales was pushing forward, and we didn't take those transition moments going the other direction or make the right decision in the right moment, or the passes was a little bit too far, or it was, it was too heavy, or whatever it is. And so if we clean those opportunities up, because we're going to have less of them against England, then 
that is probably going to solve some of the problems and relieve some of the pressure. And obviously, we're going to have to be clinical in front of goal. That goes without saying. But but what I find interesting to get back to Harry Kane and versus like a Marcus Rashford to start, Harry Kane has been doing this quite well for his club and, and with the national team as well, where he drops in to the space that will pull Zimmerman and Areem into that area. And then they, the other guys run through and try to create that depth and get in behind the defense. Hingman son obviously does that well for Spurs when they're playing together. But if Rashford comes in, that's completely different. And I wonder if Greg's looking at that and saying, am I going to just stick with Reem and Zimmerman no matter what? Or will I change it because I want to see something different? Not that CCV, Cameron Carter-Vickers or, or Aaron Long or his fleet as foot, maybe a little bit more. I don't know. I guess it's up for discussion. But yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. I love this game for a lot of different reasons. It's going to be a great challenge for our guys. And I hope that we're up for it and that we're, we're doing the little things that will get the fine margins in, in our favor. Heath, Charlie, Jimmy, Charlie. If, yeah. if, 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 if Weya is not the nine, if he's back on the right wing, who is starting up top for you? I mean, this one's hard for me personally just because I know that Greg used the reference of Josh Sargent knowing these guys or having played against these guys, which I do think is has some more so uh, knowing that he can, he can scrap and fight or knowing what it's going to take to play against the physical defender, even though I think the Bundesliga has just as physical of, of, of defenders as well. Um, but it, I don't. Th- I, I'm almost thinking. I'm almost thinking Ferreira at, at the moment, or somebody who can come up underneath. Because I, I referenced it earlier, Charlie, but Jimmy, before you came on, of somebody that can not necessarily scrap and battle for the long balls, but can give us a little bit of verticality if you have to. But is able to come back in, get like almost like a Harry Kane type, come back, lay the ball off, and get it out to the wings. Because once we've done that, when we have up back and out the other side. We yeah. are so effective in that, right? We are so good at at least getting on the release. And again, like you said, in the second half, I thought we'd get into those positions and then not release that final ball when we were facing them to really take those chances to go for another goal. I don't know if that was for fear of turnovers or for fear of having to chase the ball down again or trying to protect the lead in a very conservative way. But that's the way that I'm looking at it. But I, that's where I'm torn. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on way at the moment. Um, uh, but even well, Haji right, I kind of thought of like, okay, a big body, but like, yeah, What's Haji yeah. Wright going to do if he never gets the ball, right? What, what well, effect can he have on the game over 90 minutes if he's never in positions to help? What makes him good? No, no, no. That's fair. That's uh, got me thinking about some other things now that you said all that. It just makes me wonder if you have Brendan Aronson in that space and you have a Ferreira that's going to drop back in and maybe Aronson can go in advance of him if he drops deep enough, which is fine as long as the balance and the spacing is, is good, then I don't mind that. I don't mind having a Ferreira come back in if, if – Obviously, there's some talk about what are we going to do to get behind the ball. That means I and I said this before the Wales game. If Ferreira starts, we need way out wide because he does provide that verticality because he does get to the end line. I do wonder about the spacing between Dest and Wea sometimes. If 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 Wea is kind of in the areas that Dest wants to occupy and what that could look like, but that just means more and more repetitions. And so I want to hear from our resident number nine on this. I also think with regard, before I get to you, Charlie, is is we have that first game now under our belt. You know, we talk a lot about how young our team is. We're the second youngest team in this tournament behind Ghana. And and I felt like we saw some nerves in that first game against Wales. Even though the first half was ours, when Wales actually tried to put us under it a little bit and we were under pressure, which we weren't in the first half, I think they were just trying to get to 0-0 conservative energy then punch us in the face in the second half. And, and it worked to, to some effect. But if we had just maybe just been a little cleaner in certain areas. I don't know. I, I, I think we're going to be a little bit better. I think that first game is under our belt. And I think we'll be a little bit more relaxed, or at least in theory, I hope that we will, check. Yeah, I, I, well, the pressure definitely helps because it's it's not on the, the U.S. players. It's yeah, on, true. It's on England. And, and so, Charlie, the who do you have? And the is you lose, right? So, for the U.S. guys, you can play free. 
you just know you have to play well to, to get get a point. You have to play exceptionally well, and you have to, to, to we all know this, compete. You, you have to out. Well, well doesn't mean beautiful. Well does not no. mean beautiful against England. No. That's true. No, it doesn't. But in saying that, I think in moments within this game, when there's a, a, a moment where the ball gets back, passed back to Jordan Pickford, you can move the lines up. And, yeah. and wait for them to try and build out again. And then you're higher up the field, you press. And you try and create that turnover. There are going to be moments like that throughout the game. So you're not just sitting back and saying, hey, come, come, come. But you have that flexibility to know, okay, guys, large portions of this game, we are going to have to defend. That That's just how we – for yeah. Tim Ream to be in a good position, he cannot be high up the field. We saw that. He cannot be required to go out to the touchline to defend if Anthony Robinson's too high. That's that's when well, you, the U.S. are toast. Well, here's another – I just want to jump in on Tim Ream really quick because he got a yellow in that kind of situation where he gets turned. Really smart yellow. Got to do it in that, that part of the field. But if he gets another yellow, he's out for the Iran game. And so that is something that a couple of our players have to keep in mind. And maybe that works against Weston McKinney as well. If he's a little bit injured, he's already on a yellow. Maybe we just save him for Iran and make sure we have him ready to go at 100%. But I just wanted to throw that in about Reem that, yeah, if we put him in a situation where he could be vulnerable, like any of our defenders in 1v1 situations against some good attacking guys, Bakaya Saka obviously looks fantastic right now and has been in good form all season, that the yellow stuff does make me worried. And, yeah, there's a lot. I love this game, and uh, I wish well, I had good, a little bit I mean, more time the, the, to talk about the it. The upside, Jimmy, how, how much longer do we have for, uh, Have you for? I got, I got uh, like two minutes. Okay. Well, l- let me ask you this. Does the, does the game plan change knowing that we're going to know the Wales-Iran um, result before we go into this match in terms of how you approach it or what you're going for, or, or is that irregardless? And, Charlie, obviously, I want that answer from you um, after we see Jimmy off. Yeah, I think that it does influence – Potentially and hopefully motivates you, but England was always England. This is the game I'm sure the guys were looking forward to the most. Obviously, they wanted to play Wales and play in a World Cup and all that. But when you look at the players that are on the other side of the field and to be able to go toe-to-toe against the best in the world, that's why you play. That's that's what you want. You want to test yourself to see where you stand and to to prove to yourself and to others and everybody that believed in you that you can hold your own. And, And that's what I really loved about the first half against Wales. We're playing in a World Cup with players that have never played in a World Cup before, and they look completely comfortable out there. And then when the game got a little bit tighter, they looked a little bit squeaky bum time. But but that, I think, is something they're going to learn from and apply it in a more positive way and solve those problems a little bit quicker, hopefully in the coaching staff as well, where I thought the subs with Greg, you know, just disappointing. Now, I know he can't go out there and make passes for the guys, so so I get it. But he needs to be held accountable just like everybody else we're, we're putting to the sword in some ways. And I think we're all going to learn from it, and I think we're going to be ready to go against England. I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be a draw. Uh, I think our yeah. guys gonna to fight it out and give. You, I'm gonna say a draw. Uh, obviously, crossed. my heart says we're gonna win seven yeah, zero, yeah. just like Spain beat Costa Rica tonight. But, but I'm trying to be thoughtful. And, I think and, it's gonna be hard fought. It's gonna be tough, and I think we're gonna take our one or two chances, and maybe I, we give up one. I could see a draw with Wales and Iran too. I'm not gonna lie. I could I could see that. Yeah. That then it just, gets really spicy for match day three. By the way. Yeah. Which will. We'll get to it. Charlie, listen, I'm, I'm going to get your answer on. on I'm out of here, guys. Thanks next. for having me. We'll see you later. We're going to stay longer. Jimmy. I miss Enjoy you. Yeah, much love, Jimmy. Chuck. I miss the inside. Yeah. Can we trust family? We'll, we'll see you, you in the recap. We're going to take our first and only break of the show. When we come back, Charlie, we're going to talk more about uh, this, uh, this upcoming matchup. Obviously, there's a lot of implications. We're going to know more about that Wales-Iran game. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. 
For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Just Charlie Chuckwagon and I uh, discussing this one from here on out. Now, Charlie, do you think it makes a difference, right? You've been in these situations before. You've been in big tournaments. Uh, do you think it makes a difference in terms of that result, uh, uh, how the U.S. approaches this game in terms of whether they're going to play more aggressive, whether, whether a point makes sense? Obviously, you don't change the mentality, but some of those small details in terms of what you need to go after might be different. Yeah, if, if the game is a draw, I think it just gives you even more power to, to try and go out and, and get that magical win. Uh, a is that what you want? Do you want the draw? I mean, in that first game, I, is that I, I an ideal situation? I, I want the win. No, 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 not for England. No. Not for England. I'm talking about Iran, Iran, Wales. Yeah, I would, lo- I would love that. A, yeah. a draw or a Iran win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want Wales to win this game. You want them to draw would be ideal. And and if if anything, a loss just because of the six-two scoreline with Iran and, and England, that that goal differential will play definitely play a role uh, on the final day if the U.S. takes care of business. So. I, I am I am just hyped for this game. I'm thinking about the U.S. and and how everyone is 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 uh, just thinking that they can't do it. That they just don't they don't have the 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 imagination, the strength, the willpower to and and just the ideas of how to defend and how to attack to to beat an opponent like England in a World Cup match. So I do look forward to this game i think they have to have that approach of more balance uh within the team in terms of two defensive midfielders just to uh, uh, you know basically uh adjust with jude bellingham uh, coming into the to the to the fold because mason mount and jude bellingham float around and they have uh, Declan rice as kind of the, the the fulcrum behind them and he's always an available option so i think you need to have an extra midfielder sitting to to um to basically account for that. Well, I guess, how do you then plan to, to neutralize that? I know defensively how we, we could probably break out and, and, and try to handle that mm-hmm. crazy attack, regardless of the eight or nine attacking players they could go with. But in terms of how we're going to get a goal, how are we going to get into good spots? Is it in that transition game? Is it when they're overexposed or, or unbalanced in terms of their attack? I mean, where do you think we're actually going to get real chances from? Is it from mistakes from them? Is it as simple as that? Well, it's it's why I say Waya has to play a nine because you need someone who has the pace to get into the channel. And you play it into the channel, then you can move the lines up. You can get players into support. If Aronson's playing the 10, I like his movement. He, he's one of those players that follows up the play. He typically will always be underneath Waya. No matter where Waya's running, he loves to be that option because he, he gets there. And then Gio Reyna, so comfortable in the ball, the higher up the pitch you get him and the more central because he typically likes to come central. He, he, he fancies himself as, a, as an attacking midfielder. So him on the ball, he's able to play those passes. We, we've seen him be able to, to find um, opposite the opposite side winger uh, just in, in games with Dortmund. So Christian uh, Aronson, 
continuing to make runs off of Weah. Weah can hold up the ball. I think he's strong enough to do it. He's been able to score goals with the ball at his feet and making uh, and dribbling at, at defenders. He's also making those sharp little runs in the box. It's time. It's time to, to put, him in, put him in as the nine. And then you get more talented players in the midfield who, who are able to, to play out of pressure, to dribble out of pressure, because you're, you're going to have to play those quick one-twos to, to really get him behind England. Well, that's well said, Charlie. Now, real quick, everybody, uh, the, the soccer world's eyes are focused on Qatar for the biggest event on the global stage. So stay up to date with every story and every heart-pounding moment with the Golasso Starting 11 newsletter from CBS Sports. It's your ultimate guide to the beautiful game, taking you beyond the pitch and around the globe with expert analysis of everything you need to know in the world of soccer. So sign up today for free at cbssports.com slash Golasso. Once again, it's Golasso starting 11 newsletter and you can sign up for free at cbssports.com slash g-o-l-a-z-o now charlie back back to the subject uh, at hand here is there anything that you're actually worried about was that what looking back at this um i know we want to look forward but looking back at this game uh what, was there anything that you felt man this team is not ready or or they, or they are exposed we've got a lot of quality in the team or there's something that we can't prepare for. There's just natural vulnerabilities in the squad that England's going to execute on. Yes. I was, uh, I was disappointed in our service on set pieces, free kicks, corner kicks, not good enough, not good enough. You are not going to progress in this tournament. If you are not effective on, on dead balls and set pieces, it's just, it's just not going to happen. And then to be up a goal, in the World Cup in the 82nd minute and you fall asleep on a on a throw-in, that, that can't happen. I don't I don't care how quick the throw-in is taken. It's in your defensive third. You cannot allow a player to pick up the ball and then another player to run into open space to to eventually lead to, to the PK that we gave up um, where Walker's room. That's basics, by the way, especially it's at that point in the game and a Kellen Acosta on the field. I mean so that's disappointing to me. The set pieces, the the switching off in, in a, the last 10 minutes of the match, which cannot happen. And then I would say just the, the substitutions and the mentality, right? So the mentality, you're up a goal. Wales are offering you nothing, especially in the first half. You get that early goal. Keep going. They're still sticking to the yeah. same tactics. They're still sitting in, in, in their defensive third. We have to keep going. Uh, we didn't create enough opportunities through different different ways in the second half. We we stopped really attacking because we were we were okay with the 1-0 lead. We we settled for it. We were okay with winning. And I want to see this team say, mm, let's go two, let's go three, let's keep adding. Yes, we have to be basically um, smart in, in the way we do that. We can't just throw numbers forward and like, let's keep going and open ourselves up. But at the same time, they didn't have anyone that was threatening. Yeah. And then they bring in Kiefer Moore. Kiefer Moore is not a sprinter. It's not that you didn't no. change Daniel James for Keeper Moore to say, oh, we need another player who can just run. He was there just to be a presence. Let me occupy a center back or two. Let me keep the ball for our team. And we allowed him to do that. Get in front of him, one behind, one in front, not lock him out. He's not going to run into the channel. He's not going to outrun anybody. But we allowed him to get into the game and, and allow him to connect passes. Right. And then as soon as they started to get confidence in possession in our half – we just said, all right, guys, time to just defend and, and, and lock this game down. That's not the mentality we need against uh, the, 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 the opponent in the first game of the World Cup where we have a 1-0 lead. Ten minutes left? Sure. 
lock it down. But when you say lock it down, that means lock it down. That means there's no throw in. Somebody's jumping in front of the guy. You're taking a yellow. Boom, right there. I'm not allowing you to, to throw it in quick. Well, it definitely seems also that, that you got to take what the game gives you, right? There was opportunities that we were in the attack or in attacking situations near in and around the goal area, but we didn't bring those attacks to a conclusion. We didn't take the risks or the chances. We just sort of kept possession or didn't play the right ball. And I feel like that was a learning moment for us to know that those could have been more chances. Those could have been more goals if we took those risks. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're exposed. Yes, they're in transition. Yes, we don't want to turn it into a marathon. But like you said, it wasn't for a lack of getting in, in decent spots. It was just for a lack of of no, knowing what to do or being willing to take the risk once you get in that position. And, and Heath, I, you, you brought up the point about Wea and Sargent and, and being in the same spaces and the runs. I actually watched the game over and I was pretty critical of, of Josh Sargent after, right immediately after the game. But in watching it over, there were times where he made the run, but no one played that ball. They didn't, they didn't pass it to him. So at, at that point, you're like, I made the good run. I was, I was open. You what is that coming from the back? Ball. Was it was it mostly coming from the back line, not willing to hit that long ball and turn it over I, like a low it, risk ball? It was midfield and midfield. back line. It was both. Well, Pulisic had a bunch where he didn't release him off his foot mm-hmm. when he had chances and springing out on the counter. But um, you know, again, that's one of those things where you expect him to, to to deliver those balls. If you've seen a lot of these goals that have been scored in transition so far, it's getting that ball into that spot, turning up field, and then releasing it to allow somebody to go one on one and try to create that next angle to try to score a goal. Right. And then I would say there was a, a play in the second half. Serginho Des gets on the ball. He looks up. You have Sargent making the peeling run from the center out to the right channel. And you have Wea, who's tiptoeing the line, making the run into the same right channel. So you have two players making the same run. And if Wea is a player who's always making that run into the channel, then your center forward can't be doing that, right? So that's why I also think that Wei should move to, to the center forward position because now you have Christian and whether you want to go with Reyna centrally or on the right, I would think on the right you have Aronson underneath. Those two players aren't operating in that in that space. They, they come inside. So you now have that center forward who's able to make, peel, make those peeling runs in the channel, keep the ball, knock it back, the team advances, then he's able to, to get back into the midfield, uh, into the middle of the, of the box as the ball kind of circulates around the team off to the, to the opposite side. And then that's when the whipped-in ball comes in. But it's got to be quicker. And, and I think we were too hesitant. Like you said, they weren't playing that ball. They're too hesitant. And then they opted for the safe pass. And, and, and at this level, that safe pass changes everything, right? Keeping possession, I thought, was, was something that this team suffered from a lot. Even in the first half, it was like we were willing to, to, to keep possession for the sake of possession, but not necessarily probe or, or make teams free. But that's where a Gio Reyna on the field changes things because he'll run at you, combination play, forcing them to have to turn around and kind of track back on things, uh, which could be dangerous. Um, Charlie, any, any, other, any other topics you wanted to cover in terms of this, this, this preview before we start to wrap this up? No, I'm just I'm hopeful that this team has learned a lot from the game against Wales, also the game against Saudi Arabia and Japan, which I think they did in the first half. You could see Walker Zimmerman was not attempting to just make the game like he did in in earlier matches. He, He knew his strengths. He said, I'm going to play that easy pass to Tyler Adams who's checking or to Serginho Dest or give it to the other center back in Tim Ream who's going to make those passes and who can connect those passes who's capable of doing it and doing it consistently so I like that from Walker Zimmerman to see that growth stick to what you're good at you're good at winning balls in the air you're good at 
you know, making those tough challenges and sacrificing your body, you're not great the best at building out of the back with the ball at your feet. Yeah. So that that was good. Tim Ream was hitting those long switches. And then I think Tyler Adams took a, a step up and just coming back for the ball and 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 not just checking with his back to goal. He was coming on the half turn so he could see what was open, what wasn't, yeah. and have an idea of where he wanted to go. So those ideas in that first 45, I said, okay, this this is it. But England pose a completely different problem. And so I, I hope that they've been watching video of Iran because Iran did find those openings, even though they were down, they, they were down three nil at, at one point, four nil, five, one, six, two. But that's how you can get at them. Then just look at all the Nations League games where they've struggled. They, they give up opportunities, but you just have to make sure that you're, you're doing everything you can to not only do your job defending, but also be uh, someone who can help uh, provide the help support in, in defending for your teammates. Well, again, I, I know it's minimal and it's not really that that relative, but what we have seen from Saudi Arabia, from Japan, is that upsets are are possible. We've seen that teams that have come in, <laughs> the Giants are as favorites in the tournament, right? With uh, all the, the hoopla around, around Argentina and this being the tournament for Messi and how good they are as one of the favorites. And obviously, I, I, I'm, I haven't been that hot on them, even though they did win Copa America. But they show that there are some vulnerabilities, and it only takes a few minutes to to turn a team upside down. Do you think? Do you think there's that 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 plays anything into what Greg Berhalter saying to the team in terms of, look, we know that we're the underdog, we know that that the pressure is on on England, but like look at the way this tournament is playing out. And again, when you go to the odds of what is it, fourteen percent after losing your first game, one of those two teams, whether it's whether it's Germany or or Argentina, is probably not going to get out of the group stages at this point. Do you think that that changes the belief of of this? I don't want to say fighting spirit or any of that type of thing, but like, do you think that plays into uh, at least a team talk? Yeah, I think it, it definitely does. Just to, it, it probably already started now. Just saying right. anything is possible. Literally, you step on the pitch, you give yourself an opportunity. On that day, if you work harder, if things go your way, you have a little bit of luck. Look at Saudi Arabia and look at Japan. They came in, no one gave them a chance especially Saudi Arabia and the way that they won that game. So that that's got to give everyone a lift and a boost just because it's, it's real. It just happens. What's fresh on everyone's mind. And and then you just go out and execute. Uh, I I think this is a game for Yunus Musa growing up in England. You, you, you've played with a lot of these guys. You, you know that this is a match to really make your name. And being a, someone who's who's responsible for covering um, the the likes of Mount and Bellingham down the middle, but also on the dribble, creating opportunities, breaking up passes, he he could be the game, the X factor for this in this game. And then Sergio Dest, being a starter, yes, you got to defend, but can, the reason why everyone's so excited about Sergio Dest is because anybody can get a right back to defend. But what can your right back do in the attacking half? We want to see a right back contribute. That's why everyone was so hyped about Serginho Dest. It's because he had flair. He had he had something about him. He could score goals. He could create goals. This is a game where he's going to have to step up and do yeah. that. And yeah. he's got to take care of the defending part, which comes first as a right back. And the second part is, can you can you make play those balls on the channel? Can you serve early crosses maybe for Tim Weah to, to – Get, run in behind, splitting the center backs. Can can he be effective? 
that this is a big game for Sergio Dest and for the national team, but uh, a lot of players can make their careers off this one match. I agree, and I fully, uh, I fully support the idea of, of I know it was Tyler Adams being the go-to of needing to have a best game for this team to be good, but for me it's this Eunice Musa here because if, if, it does, if the lineup does play out the way that we, we hope, right, Eunice Musa is going to be the one that makes Brendan Aronson good. Brendan Aronson is going to be the one that makes that, gets that attack involved, and it's going to all start with Eunice Musa's ability to connect those lines forward because it can't be Tyler Adams that has to have that same range of passing. But look, Charlie, I'm going to skip final thoughts because I think you just hit the nail right on the head right there. And, and uh, so we're going to wrap this one up, but I appreciate all of you guys for tuning into the live show. And if you're listening to this on audio, we appreciate you. Make sure you go and leave a review if you haven't already. And uh, on behalf of myself, Charlie Chugwagon Davies, Jimmy Trashcan, Conrad, and our producer, Alex and Dez, uh, we appreciate all of you. And we will see you guys in the recap after the England-US game. Let's go. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.